0: Hello, everyone. I am your host, Ahad Hassan, and welcome to Season 4 of Titan Alumni Talks, a weekly podcast where we talk to alumni about their experiences at Cal State Fullerton. For this week's episode, we have Stephanie Miranda, who is a news producer for KNBC. She graduated in 2004 with a bachelor's in communications. Listen as we talk about the impact of her job, along with how she won multiple Emmys for her work. You can catch these episodes live at 11 a.m. on Tuesdays at titanradio.org, or you can watch all past episodes on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash alumni. All right, so Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: All right, so the first thing is you currently work as a producer for KNBC. So tell me a little bit about what you do over there.
1: Oh boy, so um, a little bit of everything, mostly writing. I write the content that's in the show. I'm also responsible for the content that's in the show. So the story selection, the angles that we're going to cover, um, the way we're going to present the show, the graphics in the show, um, the arrangements that we use in our studio, on the set, sometimes involving live shots. Um, So, as the producer, I'm responsible for all that. While I'm in the show, while I'm in the newscast, I'm also responsible for breaking news. So let's say we launch the helicopter to some type of breaking situation, let's say it's a fire, it's up to me to get it on the air um, as quickly as possible. Um, that involves also pursuits um, that can in situations perhaps like today where it's raining, that could involve mudslides. It could involve water rescues. Um, you just never know. We're lucky We're lucky at NBC4 we have two helicopters. Um, sometimes we have them in the air at the same time. Um, so that also involves using two helicopters at the same time, along sometimes with even crews on the ground. So it's um, I call it a juggling act. Um, if you're lucky, you're only dealing with three, uh, you know, elements at a time. Um, but there's sometimes uh, I've been involved with many, many more, uh, sometimes dozens of elements at a time. And um, it, it, it's always a learning process, but uh, it's what I love to do, what I love to do for a living.
0: I see. So how did you get into this role at KNBC? Uh, previously, I know you were working at uh, different like news stations, right? And mm-hmm. they kind of made you... Uh, you weren't always in Southern California. In some cases, you were in Texas or Arizona. So mm-hmm. um, is this kind of like the norm for producers or people working in um, television that you just don't get like a choice? You kind of have to be wherever they need you to be?
1: Yeah, I mean, things are a little bit different now versus when I started. I mean, when I started, I'm going to age myself a little bit. There was no such thing as Facebook or Twitter. Uh, there was no such thing as Instagram um, or TikTok or anything like that. And um, I think my space was actually just starting to come around when I started as a news producer. So um, things have changed a lot now with digital Uh, as a starting out journalist, as a fresh journalist right out of college. You certainly could start in a larger market, in a larger city, Um, being perhaps a digital journalist. There are things like that, Um, positions where you can start a little bit smaller. When I started, yes, it was a lot of you needed to find a job that was likely where I was born and raised, which was Los Angeles, and obviously where I went to college. So I got lucky and I put my resume out there, and I started in a job market that a lot of people were hiring at the time. That has been an issue too throughout uh, the years that I've worked as a producer. Um, stations have made cutbacks, so it's not always easy to find a job, especially even now in this economy. Um, But I got lucky and I found a job right away after college and I moved and I went to West Texas. And that was very much a learning experience for me. Obviously growing up in Southern California and attending Cal State Fullerton, I didn't really live far away from home. I commuted for my college career. So to actually pack up all my things and leave and not just be like Palm Springs where I could drive home if I wanted to. I mean, this was a 16 hour, 18 hour drive to move to West Texas.
0: Mm So how else has like the pandemic changed what you do at work? Is it, um, do you still go into the studio or is it like everything that you do now just from home?
1: So I do, I continue to report to the studio. um, Personal about me, I'm a mom. I have a seven year old and a two and a half year old and my husband's a stay at home dad. So we're really lucky. Um, uh, But yeah, I still go into the studio because I don't think there's any way I could actually get my job done with two kids, one a distance learner and one running around. There are other staff. A majority of our staff are actually working from home. Our team of writers are working from home. We do have producers that are working from home. Um, You know, that's whatever their needs are. My personal needs, I enjoy coming into the newsroom and being part of a team. And with that does come some risks. We do take steps to protect ourselves and we always wear masks. Um, We are tested once a week. Um, So that is something wild that, you know, obviously rapidly changed along with the rest of the country basically a year ago, um, and we're still in that mode. In fact, what is now happening is discussions are underway to kind of keep the staffing the way it is, is keep some of our workers still working from home and keeping some of us reporting into the newsroom. Um, it's, there, it was rocky in the beginning um, to try to get everybody online because you're used to working in this newsroom that is very fast paced and things break and happen. And you can just kind of shout against the room, like, hey, somebody cut me the video, somebody listen to this interview, somebody do that. And now everything is, I, we're part of this big giant like group conversation um text messaging kind of system on our within our own internal uh editing system and we have to kind of talk to each other through the groups and it's you know as with text messages things can be misinterpreted and it's like no no no, that's not tape I wanted that's not the video I wanted um but I think we really have made some great changes and some and we've really adapted to I never thought possible in my career like you could have a newsroom still function without everybody being in the same room I never thought that was possible so it's amazing to see um, kudos to our IT who are our uh, uh, tech team who really put the systems together for us to some of us to be able to for to work from home. Um, with that said there are, have been opportunities where I have worked from home simply because of my family's needs and so I always appreciate those opportunities that are available through our company through NBC Universal.
0: Mm-hmm. So I had a question about your role as a producer. Um, you started off in Texas right after you graduated. So is there a stepping stone before becoming a producer?
1: Um well in our case at least in my case when I graduated from college um that was, that was kind of the stepping stone was going to a smaller market and just, you know, getting the job and making it work, um, learning along the way. I certainly did internships so I could gain some of those basic skills I needed, like editing and how to write for TV news and how to put a newscast together and, um, how to manage breaking news. Again, I was lucky. I grew up here in Southern California. So, you know, working interning for one of the second largest stations in the country, um, you certainly learn a lot there and you learn pretty fast. Um, and so I was thankful that I had all of that knowledge. And I think internships are still, requ- I don't know with pandemic, but I think internships are still required before you graduate. And that's one of the big, biggest things I tell students all the time is you can't do enough internships. That should be just as important as the classes you take. You need to integrate that into your schedule. You need to take what you're learning in the classroom and actually learn how to apply it. To real life, know the schedule, know how things work, know how the newsroom functions. Um, one of the greatest things I gained from doing my very first internship, um, I thought I wanted to be a reporter. All my high school career and start, I started at community college before I transferred to Cal State Fullerton. Um, I thought I wanted to be a reporter. And I took my first internship at ABC 7. Um, and sat down with a reporter and I was like, this is not at all what I wanted to do. She kept having to take her microphone and ask for sound bites and put it in people's face and everybody would turn her down and I don't wanna talk and I don't wanna talk to the media and no, I have no comment. And I was like, wow, this is really like, this is not my personality. Um, You have to be like a very, I think, forward person to be a journalist, you know, you kind of have to be able to just brush things off, I think easily. And learn and learn rejection really easily, Uh, and that just didn't fit my personality. And thankfully, I was smart enough, and I expressed that to the internship coordinator. And I said, you know, I just I love being in a newsroom. I love the vibe of it. I love being here. I just feel like my batteries are completely charged up and plugged in in this room. But this is not a role I'm comfortable in. What What else is there? Because obviously, this room is filled with people. What else is there? And we talked and I told her what I enjoyed, my passions. And she's like, let me sit you down with a producer. And her name happened to be Stephanie as well. Stephanie Endo-Chan. And I sat with her and she did the 11 AM. I think she actually still does to this day. Um, she did the 11 AM newscast at ABC seven. And I sat down with her and I saw her put this newscast together. And I thought, Oh my God. I'm in love. Like, this is what I, this, this, I get this, this is me. This is who I want to be. And I I just knew from then on. And I'm just so thankful that I had that internship because without it, I might've probably finished college and maybe put a resume tape together and then took a first job as a reporter and then realized that I wasn't happy. You know, like I could have really gone down like a not good road, I think. And I'm so thankful that I figured that out early on in my internship, and then I think with passion just comes that, you know, my dad used to always uh, tell me and my brother, um, you know, find a job that you love because if you do something you love, it never feels like work. And I, w- that's how I feel every day that I go to work. And don't get me wrong, there are days that are hard, but there are days that the schedule is really long, or you know, days election day, you know, you're working like 12, 18 hour days, but I love it. Like I love being at work. I, I get up in the morning and I put on my clothes and I'm not dreading driving to work every day. I feel excitement. I feel my batteries fully charged. I feel energized. And I think if you're gonna go down the path of journalism, that's really how you should feel because if you're gonna sign up to be a journalist, this is a lifestyle. This is not a job. This is not where you show up to work every day and you punch your clock and you know you do your time and then you go home. Um, you know, I'm a journalist twenty four seven. If I see breaking news happen on my day off, if all of a sudden my neighbor's house catches fire, whatever, I'm running outside. I'm getting video. I'm getting interviews. I'm reporting it into the station. I might even offer a live picture from my cell phone. You know. Um, you know, and that goes with anywhere. I'm constantly looking in the sky. Why is this helicopter flying? Why are they hovering? Why is the act, Why is there traffic backing up over here? Is there a really bad accident? Is somebody about to jump off of a bridge? You know, I am constantly going. And that's, if you're a journalist, if you're going to sign up to be a journalist, you're going to sign up to work in news, that's the lifestyle you're looking at. My family also understands and respects that, you know, we're a team. And when we are, get called to the game, sometimes on our days off, You have to show up. And there was a day, it was a 4th of July. It was the day of uh, the earthquake. It was like a 7.07, maybe two, I'm trying to remember. Um, We all felt it here at home. You know, We get text alerts on our phones right away, whether or not we have to report to work. Um, My family understands that. It's 4th of July, I had the day off. We were planning to make hot dogs and chips and go watch fireworks. Um, Thankfully, I was able to get home with enough time to make that happen, but you know, they understand too that mama's got to go to work. Um, and I go to work for a few hours and I put in my time and then I come home. So it is a lifestyle. Um, and if you're not into that vibe, you know, if you rather just come home and it's five o'clock or six o'clock and you checked out and whatever, then journalism probably isn't um, the line of work for you.
0: Mm-hmm. So this would fall into like advice you would give to people uh, going into journalism. Um, so I did have a question about, uh, you mentioned prior that, you got into journalism or you wanted to you, you knew you wanted to be in broadcasting since you were in high school so mm-hmm. how did that kind of start
1: again i thought i wanted to be a reporter when i left high when i finished high school um i went to community college and i just kind of started my undergrad work you know there and still trying to find my way at one point i wrote for like the the um, college newspaper. And I knew right away, that's not what I wanted. Cause by the time it was published, it was like old, you know, and, um, I knew I wanted something to do with TV and, you know, my parents just, we always grew up watching the news. You know, my parents were always, you know, involved in current events. And, um, I think it just, you know, that was just part of what we did. And we, we talked about current events and, um, we just kind of knew what was going on in the world. And, um, there was just something about it, you know, that, that, I don't I don't I don't know really how to describe it but watching news as a kid and then obviously as a young adult and watching I lived for breaking news that was like the thing I mean when breaking news happened and the screen screen went red and the breaking signs and bells and whistles went off boy I just lived for that stuff and Obviously, growing up in Southern California, if there was an earthquake, you knew that the station was going to go on the air. And I would just channel Surf like two, four, five, seven, nine, eleven, like back and forth. Who was going to go on the TV first? And there was just something about that that just really excited me. And to this day, that's still part of what excites me the most is, you know, getting on the air with breaking news. Um, you know, like I said, you tiger woods, it happened. I was at work one day and we just Boom! Just get on the news, get on TV. This is what we do, um, and uh, yeah, I I don't I don't really just something about you know like, like why do people love cars? You know, like I I love news. So,
0: and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you did win an award, an Emmy award for your work at NBC,
1: right? I did. So um, I have five Emmy oh, wow. awards. Um, one of which is behind me, <laughs> right there. Oh, those, I've, uh, I've
0: never seen an Emmy Award. So oh, yes, yeah. so
1: there's, there's one behind me. Um, yeah, so I have five Emmy Awards. Um, my most favorite one is the one that's right behind me, and that's what sits on my dresser at night. Um, and there's a little personal story behind that one that I will try to quickly share. But again, I was at work, um, and there was a fire that started in Calabasas and it was getting really close to some homes and we have an anchor that uh, lives out in that area and so she called the station and she's like you know we were just in the pool and this fire's getting really close and I can see smoke and I can see flames and I was like oh my gosh okay so let me launch a chopper so we launched a chopper we get a crew headed that way and she's like this is really bad like it's it's close and I said okay I said well the chopper's like five minutes away can you get on the phone and just walk me through what you're seeing what you're doing she says yeah sure no problem so We went on the air we ended up going on the air eight hours commercial free um to cover the calabasas fire um it did get dangerously close to homes it did ruin like a boy scout camp um and i think like a like a kid center like a daycare kind of center but more more like summer camp it's not always full and obviously it's a weekend so there was like nobody there but it did cause some evacuations and it did cause, um, you know, obviously some damage to brush and trees and whatever in Calabasas. Thankfully, no homes actually burned. Um, but, you know, that's that's when we're doing a service and people wanna know is my neighborhood okay? If I'm having to leave, I wanna see the pictures and I wanna know what street, you know, your camera is on and I wanna know my house is okay. And um, there's, I'm passionate about fires because I lived through my own fire once. Um, My very first job, I was in West Texas and I had my own apartment and there was a neighbor, I lived on the bottom unit and somebody lived on the top unit. The lady above me was a smoker and she was on an oxygen tank. She left the oxygen tank on and she lit a cigarette and caused an explosion in the apartment that was above mine. And my apartment caught fire as well, as well as eight other units in that building. And we lost everything in a matter of maybe two hours. Um, So I stood there as I watched my own apartment and everything inside of it burn my yearbooks, my prom dress, my Christmas ornaments, um, jewelry, my high school class ring, Um, all of it was gone in a matter of two hours, and there was nothing, nothing I could do about it. Um, I was thankful to the firefighters that were able to go into my apartment and get my purse, which had my wallet in it so that I could fly home for a few days and You know, figure out what I was going to do. Um, Ultimately, I went back to West Texas um, and got a new apartment and bought all new furniture and all new things. And that's part of the reason why when there are fires in Southern California, um, I want to be on TV because um, I know what that feels like when there's nothing you can do and all you want are answers. And even if the answers are not good, you know, even if the answers are this neighborhood didn't survive, at least it's answers. Um, that's how I felt when I was there. And I think that's what takes me back to those moments is I've been through something like that. And I know, I know how they feel and beyond just what if the flames get too close? Well, the flames got really close because it destroyed everything. Um, and I'm hopeful that that doesn't happen to anybody, but when it does, um, I like them to know that there's a reason behind why I'm bringing them the pictures on TV. Um, cause it has a personal connection for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So it kind of like builds on that you kind of can resonate with them and understand what they're going through so it kind of yeah. gives you that satisfaction that you can give an answer to them as someone who has gone through it and has experienced what it is like to lose something that is um, irreplaceable like some things money can just buy back but like you mentioned some yearbook pictures or your prom dress like money just can't get those memories back so yeah that's kind of like the unfortunate things of some some parts of it but um so how are Emmys like won for a certain broadcast or certain. I, I don't know anything about it. So. Oh,
1: so they have different categories and um, you know, you submit your work, um, you know, for lack of a better term, it's a contest and you go up against obviously your peers um, and you're judged based on your peers. They go to a different market. So like people in LA are not voting on LA submissions. Um, and so they go to a different TV market and people vote on them. And then they ultimately decide out of this group. Well, first, you you send in your nomination so in this particular case I submitted for live coverage of a breaking news event that was the category um I thought eight and a half hours of live nonstop coverage of a fire was <laughs> qualified um and so I submitted the video and you know I don't really know how many submissions there actually were you know from other stations for this particular category but I ultimately became one of four um that was it was whittled down down to four, and then those four submissions go to a different team, and they review them and they go, okay, this one is worthy of an Emmy. Um, and it just so happened I was actually up against somebody else at my station. Um, they decided that there was this uh, it was a coverage of a UCLA shooting, um, and another producer had submitted their coverage for that, and so it was me. And a producer from my station, and then two other submissions that I was up against, and we, the Calabasas coverage, ultimately won. Um, so it was it was an interesting dynamic to be up against somebody else at my own station, up against your own peers. But you know that's what it's about. And at the end of the day, it's you know I. I get to bring, you know, I get to be rewarded for something that I actually just love doing. Like it wasn't any extra work. It wasn't, you know, the time away from my family. I was already at work. And so it's nice to be recognized by your, by your peers for your hard work.
0: Mm -hmm. You kind of get that like extra bonus on top of just doing something that you would have done anyways, uh, regardless of if this award was there or not, you just have to submit it afterwards without like pre thought of, oh yeah, I recorded this for that. It's just- right. Crazy. I mean,
1: yeah, we go on the TV regardless, you know, I would have been happy if the coverage regardless of whether, you know, I got the Emmy or not. Um, but yeah, when at the end of the day, when the bonus prize is you win an Emmy for it, you know, that's, that's kind of cool.
0: Mm-hmm. So I just had a quick couple of quick questions to end it off. Are there anything for like producing or in journalism or some behind the scenes facts or like myths that you can like share with us?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I think, I think overall, the, one of the myths is probably like, you know, we're journalists, we don't have a heart, you know, we throw mics in your face on maybe your worst day, you know, but at the end of the day, we have families and we, you know, some of us have kids and, you know, it just, we don't, you know, we live in the community too. It's not like we're plucked out. It's not like we fly in from Sacramento every day and cover Los Angeles. You know, like we live in this city. We want it, we want it to be its best um we don't want it to have you know negative energy or negative headlines you know that's not what we're looking for um you know one of the biggest things i think that drives me when i go to work every day is not so much asking the questions but questioning the answers um you know that was a big one for me with covid is you know they kept shutting all these things down and you know look i'm not going to say shutting down was right shutting down was wrong you know you could argue both sides of the coin but As a journalist, I, you know, well, where's the data that supports this? You know, where's the data that says, you know, that getting a haircut is unsafe or getting getting a pedicure or whatever is unsafe. And I'm not saying that is like, you know, first world problems. Like I want a haircut or I want a pedicure, but, you know, these are the businesses that, you know, live in my neighborhood, work in my neighborhood. And, you know, we want to support them as well.
0: So to end it off, I was just wondering, what is your, do you have like a favorite memory at Cal State Fullerton?
1: oh wow um favorite it's it, it's been a while um <laughs> uh favorite memory i think i'll be honest i think graduating um graduation day um you know, i was my parents had two goals my my mom um worked for secret service she retired from secret service um my dad's a general contractor he's retired now um and they just, they had a goal for my brother and I, you know, we're third generation Mexican-American. So my grandparents were born here. Uh, my parents were born here. Obviously I was born here. Um, they just had a goal that they wanted their kids to go to college. And that um, always makes me a little emotional, but I was the first in my family to graduate from college. Um, and that was, that was big. Um, they put a lot of money on the line, um, because that's, that's what they wanted. And I wanted it too. you know, I, I knew that what I wanted to do for a living and I knew it required a college education. And I, that's, that's what I wanted to sign up for. And that's the hard work I wanted to put in. You know, my uncle always said that a college education is proof to a company that you're willing to invest in yourself and therefore they should invest in you. Um, and I, I believe that, um, I think you gain not just knowledge, but you gain experience from college. Um, and so it, that like graduation day was probably one of the, next to my wedding and the birth of my kids, it was like the best day of my life because um, it meant so much to a lot of people. It meant, it obviously meant a lot to me because I had put in the hard work, right? Um, I had done the tests and I had done the internships and I deserve that degree, but, um, you know, you're obviously, if you've ever walked into graduation and your parents are like way far away. Um, but if I could see their faces, you know, the day my name was called and I was the first in my family to get a college education, that's that's priceless um, for me. And that's part of the reason I do interviews like this and conversations like this with Kelsey Fullerton and the Alumni Association, because, you know, when I started my career, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me in newsrooms. Um, Certainly not female. And, uh, you know, a lot of that has changed since I've started my career. And um, I think that says a lot to see yourself in somebody who has made it through. And by no means am I, you know, a martyr or a trailblazer or anything like that. But um, I certainly enjoy sharing my experience and my story um, because maybe there's some other little brown girl out there who. Um, has dreams of graduating from college someday and whatever she wants to do wants to be a doctor wants to be a nurse wants to launch a rocket to Mars wants to be a journalist like me Um, I think it helps to see other people have done it and it takes work but you can do it too.
0: Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you sharing that because that is like the goal of this podcast. And what we kind of ask for alumni, when we say alumni should give back to their community and their, their school, um, we don't just mean like donations, um, well, right. donations are helpful, but a big right. help would be just talking to giving their I time. think this is,
1: I agree. I think mm-hmm. this is so much more helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think our professors I worked with when I was in college, you know, did their best to really do this. Um, I think more so now, like I said, with Zoom and stuff like this, I mean, you could just bring faces right into the classroom from wherever they are, even in the middle of their workday. Um, and I can't think of a stronger alumni association than Cal State Fullerton. You know, obviously, I haven't been to any other university than Cal State Fullerton, but um, you know, I have friends that obviously went to other universities and I'm like, do you guys do this? Do you guys do that? And they're like, no, I'm like, really? I'm like, wow. You know, like, I feel like Kelsey Fullerton is just this, like, like this family that you like, don't even want to get away from, you know, like you just, you, you want to just keep giving more and more and more to it because you know how much you just got from it. Um, and I, I couldn't be more proud to be a Titan. Um, you know, and and. I mean, I still have the license plate on my car, you know, like I'm 43 and I graduated, feels like decades ago, but, you know, and I, and I, I drive in traffic sometimes on my way to work and I see other, you know, oh, like Cal State Fullerton alumni. And I just like, like, do we have a hand signal that we could do? Because I'm like, you know, like, beep, beep, I want to be like, what's up? Like, go Titans, you know? Um, And it just, you know, I feel like we're just, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of people graduate from Cal State Fullerton um, and go on to just do amazing things. And I just think that It's so great that we have alumni associations like this that you know individualized per department that really just focus on getting the word out there that we are doing great things and we really want to see more people like us you know in in the jobs that we're in you know I um, we had a brief conversation before this via email and I mean I work with a lot of titans in our newsroom.
0: So yeah, to end it off, uh, I just wanted to thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much.